0: Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast, helping you conquer the chaos in your life. Your host is licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Dr. Colleen has been doing what she does for almost two decades. She's a private practice owner, a chaostician, and her work or writing has been featured on countless websites. Listen in as she brings you experts in the psychology of life. They may be New York Times bestsellers, key players in their profession or people who have overcome tremendous obstacles in life and are here to share their story to help you live your best life. Let's get to it. Stay tuned for our next chaos-crushing guest. Here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Hey there, it's me, Dr. Colleen, taking you on another trip down what is sometimes a chaotic subject. Well, it's at least one that we don't often enjoy talking about and we put off doing in our life. But on a side note, before we get into that, this episode is not actually featuring my favorite gym Owning family that I mentioned in the last couple of episodes that they were coming up for this episode. You know, life happens and it throws our schedules off and we adapt. I will have them on when the schedules realign. So let's get back into what we are doing today and what we are talking about. It is so important. It is estate planning. Now, I know it's not the most exciting topic, but we, we need to do it and we need to be able to speak with our family about it. Now, if you're sitting there and thinking that you are not at a point in life where this needs to get done, I would encourage you to rethink that. I know I got on the ball late with it, but I've got things squared away now and uh, it gives you some peace of mind. But to be honest, I didn't even know where to start. And if your parents are still alive, do you know if they have taken care of their estate planning? Have you ever asked them? Did you just cringe when I asked you that? Well, then I'm thinking that my interview today will ease a bit of your angst about that. I personally have now survived both of my parents passing on with nothing planned for what to do with their estates in the event of their death. And I don't want anyone else to go through that. The problem is the cringy feelings come up when we try to bring up the subject, right? You might be the one in your family who can kind of just matter of factly talk about it, you know, with one of your parents or both of your parents. And someone else though in your family might get emotional about it. And someone else might want to be in denial. Like, why do we have to talk about that? I'm perfectly healthy that's where my guest comes in. Leslie Quincy is a longtime investor and successful business owner. Her book Legacy, a guide to successfully transferring wealth from one generation to the next, starts with her personal family story connected to this subject and how she learned to manage the family chaos that comes with estate planning and why she's passionate about helping others get through it. Let's get right into this conversation now. Did you know that each time you enter Amazon to shop and you go in through my storefront at amazon.com slash shop slash Dr. Colleen Mullen. A small portion of everything you purchase for 24 hours goes to help support the cost of running this podcast. So go ahead, try it out. And while you're there, you'll also find some of my favorite self-care items along with the Coaching Through Chaos bookshelf, where you'll find the books for every guest we've had along the way. Thanks so much for supporting the show. All right, I want to thank Leslie Quince for being with me on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. And her book is Legacy: a Guide to Successfully Transferring Wealth from One Generation to the Next. And it's so important to have a plan for that. And your book is all about why you should do that, how you should do that. And it was really, it hit home for you. And I'm wondering if you can tell us about your motivation to write this
1: book. So I chose to write the book because You know, I had gone through issues and challenges with my own family. I grew up in a family business. And so from a young age, I was exposed to entrepreneurship and investing and all these things. And over time, you know, we spent most of the years building up our business, focusing on the fun stuff, the growth that, you know, how do we take it to the next level and we kind of only spent a minor amount of time actually talking through estate and succession planning. It just seems such, like such a boring and dry topic. Um, and so I realized later on, for, you know, in our family, my dad was the, has founded a business that he started in 1993. And he had always been the head of the business, running it, growing it. And in 2012, he had a heart attack. And it was at that moment that we realized we didn't do a whole lot of planning around what happens when something like this hits you. And so for me, as we struggled through it, I realized this can't be, it can't be just us. I'm sure there are other business owners, other investors and people out there who also have maybe spent most of their time focusing on the building and the growth of the business and less on how to preserve that and how to transition it to the next generation. So I thought if I could share my own story that might bring attention to a topic that I think is so often overlooked, it's important, but often we kind of just shuffle it off to the side. Um, And I wanted to write something that was less textbooky. There's a lot of stuff out there that I find it's just very dry or it comes across as very academic. And as a business owner, sometimes you just need something that speaks to the heart, (laughs) where you can relate and you can understand. And so really my purpose in sharing the book was to do that so I could create a bit of a framework that people could follow that might help them in their own journey.
0: And I think in how you described writing the book, right, many business owners are not schooled in business. They're schooled in a trade or a skill that they have or a service that they provide. And then they run a business based on growing that professional skill. And so the books that focus on just the ins and outs of finances can be really hard to grasp and understand. And the book is very relatable and very readable and, and very helpful on that end. Um, so, why do you think? I mean, like your your family was very common in that way that you know kind of avoided talking about what would happen to Dad's business if something were to happen to him until something happened. And in the story of your father is a good you know he he did didn't pass at that time. They, You had had time then to figure out what to do with the business. But when you were writing this book, what did you find about how, how come you think so many people have such a hard time talking about this subject with their parents or even as the business-owning
1: parent to the kids? Why do you think that's so tough for people? To be honest, it's just because it's quite depressing, Mm. and I think it can seem complicated. Uh, I know with my – my son is 18 now, and I know the first time we had approached this subject, it was just to – I wanted to let him know where we kept documents and things like that, and Mm -hmm. so he was in his early teens, Uh, And I remember he was thinking first, he was like, mom, why are you even telling me this? And then I could see that he was a little sad and worried because he was like, you're going to be around for a long time. So I don't even need to know this. And so, you know, I think a lot of the reason we avoid it is it's because it's a topic that it hurts Mm -hmm. and it's depressing and it's sad. And that's the last thing you want to talk about. Um, And I think the other part of it is because we're really hyper focused on the fun part of life, the living it. (laughs) So it's kind of like, well, why would I want to sit there talking about death or or becoming sick or becoming ill uh, when I have all these things that I still have yet to do? And when you're feeling good, you know, I feel great today when you're feeling healthy and strong and all these things, you're not thinking about the, the what if I get sick tomorrow? You know, what if I get in a car accident? You're not thinking about those things because you're feeling like you're invincible in the moment. And I think that's a lot of the reason we just sweep it under the rug. Right. And as we speak, and as we're recording this,
0: a lot of people are being reminded of their own mortality, or unfortunately, the mortality of people that they love around them. And although this is coming out in a few months, so maybe we'll be back to some seeming normalness, it definitely has kind of put this topic really at the forefront of some people's minds. So uh, very relevant and timely for this book to come out. Even though we we do think that we're going to live forever, you know, like I belong to a networking group that has about 68 business owners here in San Diego and we meet every week. And after reading your book, I started thinking, I wonder how many of them have actually taken the time to prepare what's going to happen to their business. How will it be left? What will happen if, are their kids going to take it over? Are they not? You know, and you've told, you tell a couple of stories in the book, uh, about what can happen when a person has a business and a family and they don't take care of those things? Like what are the pitfalls that somebody can find or that a family can find themselves in when that's not done and prepared for?
1: A lot of the time as business owners, you know, when we're building our business in the back of our minds, we're not building it only for ourselves, but we're building it because we want to create these great things for our family, uh, to be able to create wealth, to be able to do all these wonderful things, to, you know, give our kids all the things we we always wanted to give them. And so in growing the business, our focus is on how do we make that better? So, you know, we sit there and we think about how can we expand? How can we build our sales? How can we do all these wonderful things to continue creating that wealth? Um, and without a plan, when you don't have a plan with regards to what might what might it look like if something happens to you, rather than leaving this amazing gift that you think you're building, you can often end up leaving a burden. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, there's a story in my book that I wrote and I'll just go through it very, very uh, simply, but it's it's about a, a gentleman who had built a service company up over the years. Um, and it was a business that took, as many business owners know, you put your blood, sweat and tears in, into it. So it takes years to build up. You, you know, you're working hard, you're struggling, you're making sacrifices and doing all these things to build it up. Um, and he had this wonderful business, which in today's age, would be perfect because he didn't have a physical location. His staff worked remotely uh, and that helped him save on overhead, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so the downside is his staff didn't have that same camaraderie they would if they had worked in an office together. So, you know, he was kind of it, the business required him to be the linchpin of holding everything together. He was the leader. He guided people. He, he knew all the customers. Uh, he was in charge of sales. And so he was growing this amazing business for his family and for himself. And he ended up similarly uh, to my dad. He had a stroke. Things like that, they happen, you could be fine one day and the next day, you know, he was running this business, it was going great, I'm sure he had a million things on his mind that day, and then boom, he had a stroke and he went from being the linchpin and holding this together and being able to run this amazing business to not being able to do anything at all. And the challenge that he faced was that he had never left, uh, he had never written down a succession plan or even really discussed it. And so now it left his staff in the lurch a little bit, his wife she was not active in the day-to-day operations so although she knew the business she didn't know how to run it she didn't know the staff she didn't have relationships with customers or vendors uh, but she did her best so if you can think about what happened for this this woman she's now trying to run a business she knows nothing about keep it alive while she's still trying to help her husband recover and probably emotionally struggling through all that comes with that. Um, And now, you know, for her, obviously, you can't blame her. She didn't know what to do. And so as the business started to crumble, as expenses ramped up and sales dwindled, she ended up having to let people go. She ended up having to cancel things that they couldn't afford anymore. And so this business that had been built up over years that was doing great and ready to expand, suddenly, within a period of months, contracted to the point that it almost fell apart. And at the end of the day, he recovered. And several months later, he came back into the business, but he came back into a business that that was now severely crippled. And he had to, it's almost like starting again. And so, you know, had he perhaps just written out a plan in terms of if something happens to me, this is someone who can handle uh, the business from a management perspective, this person can lead the team. Here are some processes, even if they're very basic, just processes and procedures on what you do every day. So if you're not there, your wife, his wife could have opened it up like a mini instruction manual and said, oh, every week he has this meeting and every week he checks in with so-and-so. So at least it gives someone a framework to follow while they're trying to take over for you. And so these are things where this is much more helpful and, and this is a way not to lose everything that you've built up because of a lack of planning. And there are so
0: many businesses out there. They're being run just like that. These small businesses, maybe even medium sized, but they've got that, that owner front person who just knows how everything gets done and nobody else does when that person is not around. And so it's so important, such good advice to have that little guidebook. And speaking of the guidebook, your your title, even Legacy, sets out this this way to plan for Transferring the the wealth, transferring the business from generation to generation. Can you tell us it's an it's an acronym for for this plan? Can you tell us what the letters stand for?
1: You know, as I mentioned earlier, for me, one of the things I find when something's hard or complicated, and I don't know where to start. I'd much rather just procrastinate or sweep it under the rug. Um, but if you give me some steps to follow, suddenly I feel a lot more able to handle a task like that. And so I thought if I could create just some basic, simple steps that pe- people could follow to get them there, then that might prompt more people to at least begin working on their estate plan. Mm-hmm. And that really was the at the end of the day, that was really my goal in getting people to start thinking about it and start talking about it with their families. And so when it comes to legacy, the L starts for lay the foundation. And that's really just identifying your state of affairs today. So that's, you know, that's really gathering up all your documents that you have today. If you've got an old will, pull it out, maybe dust it off and see if it's still valid. Pull out any insurance policies you have, your financial statements. And it's really creating a summary that highlights where you stand today Um, and that's useful for many reasons number one it just gives you a good feeling for where you are um, and that's a great starting point so that you can kind of know what you need to do to get to the next level Uh, but it's also a useful tool if you put it away somewhere safe perhaps in a, a safety deposit box or with your estate planning documents that sit with your lawyer if you include in that list things like your account numbers and all the relevant contact people and all that sort of stuff, then if anything happens to you, a family member can easily find these things and they're not scrambling to figure out what you have or what you don't have or where you keep everything. Um, so things like insurance policies, by letting people know this is where it is, this is the account number and this is who to contact, you're much, uh, your family doesn't have to struggle at a time that they're grieving to try to figure out what you've put in place for them. So the E stands for experts, and that's really because uh, depending on the complexity of your situation, you are going to need people to help you put your plan in place. So, you know, having a, an estate planning lawyer, an accountant, your financial planner, an insurance person, there are people that you'll need to help create the paperwork and the structures because they're the, the professionals that are able to actually put the proper legal jargon and accounting mumbo jumbo in place so that this whole plan makes sense um and then when it comes to g that's for goals because for most of us anyway um becoming ill or, or passing away, that's a future event in time. And so although we've highlighted where we are today, uh, we have to know that this is something that's going to, we're planning for, it's something that's going to happen in the future. And then it's most likely that our situation today is going to be different from what it is down the road. So it's important to at least begin looking at your goals and where you want to be so you can build some room for expansion or maybe build scenarios into your, into your estate plan. Um, the A is for articulate and that's really because a lot of people, if you ask them what they want to do, they can't, they can't clearly convey what they're trying to do because they haven't really taken the time to sit and think about it. So that's being, uh, having a clear and concise message that you will then move on to the next step, which is C, communicate to your team, to your family members, to the people you choose that are going to be active in helping to roll out your, your plan. So people like an executor, for instance, um, these are people that you need to communicate these wishes to. And why is for yield, which is really during this time from where you are today to one day not being here, you're going to be working to maximize your wealth, maximize what you're building up. And so, you know, there's many people to that if you've got a business that might be understanding how to value a company, understanding what your business is worth today and what it may be worth down the road. So yield is really just taking a look at where you're going with your goals and figuring out how to maximize that return. Thank you. It's so nice to have this guide
0: because we can say, we can talk about estate planning and people can just feel overwhelmed. And this plan that you've put out is a very nice way of orienting a person around all the things that they need to do in a step by step process. And and I like mm-hmm. how at the end you talk about the maximizing the yield. What it what it, in the end, right? Because if they are starting out now, right? If they live another 20 years that you want to maximize what you are leaving for your mm-hmm. your family. And a theme throughout your book is about starting with the end in mind. So so many people don't have a strong vision of that. Uh, they may even have a business, but if you say, like, where are you going to be in 10 years, like talking about that yield, they, they really are sometimes so overwhelmed in the present, like running it and keeping it moving, they really don't have the future in mind yet. What would you say that they could do to kind of look at that? You know, is there anybody that they would pull in as part of their team? What would you recommend that they do?
1: Sure. I think money different ways uh, to do it and and in this instance when you're working on goals it's sort of like the creative aspect and so everyone deals with that in in their own way. I think the first step in it though is actually dedicating time for that particular task because as you mentioned most of us are are caught up in our day-to-day so once our alarm goes we're off and we're you know whatever it is we're just dealing with fires we're putting things out we're on calls we're on emails and if you don't actually create time in your day or create space to be creative you'll probably never get around to it. So it's not really something you can kind of just do in pieces when you have a spare moment. And I think sometimes people try to squeeze it in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I recommend, you know, find a period of time where you can set aside a couple of hours and just work on this task. You know, I use different methods of doing it. If you're visual, you can create, maybe sit down and, you know, Use creativity by putting a vision board together and using visuals to highlight what you expect your, your life to look like 10 years down the road. Um, I know one exercise that worked really well for me was just writing out what my ideal day would look like 10 years from now. So, you know, dating it 10 years out but writing, you know, today I woke up and it's a beautiful day and the birds are chirping and I'm living in my beautiful castle or wherever it is, okay. right? So it's really just thinking about taking off all your limiters and just thinking about where you'd like to see yourself in 10 years and writing that out because a lot of what comes out of that will guide what you need to do to get there. Um, and so, you know, those are a couple of ways that I've used to just in terms of pulling ideas out of myself in terms of where I want to be. Um, But I've also, I also work with a business coach. I know a lot of people have business or life coaches. And and if you have someone that's great, then can help you by asking questions or helping draw that out of you with whatever methods they use. Then I recommend that as well. And the coach I worked with, she was wonderful with that in terms of just asking me questions that, because I didn't know where to start. So she asked me questions about what do you see this part of your life looking like, and what do you see yourself doing? um, You know, blah, blah, blah. So she'd use questions to draw me out and allow me to then open up my imagination to what I wanted things to look like. And so I think it's really dedicate time and then find whatever tool is most useful for you, whether you're visual, whether you need to write it out, whether you need someone to kind of guide you through it, you know, find your way and and then take the time to actually just sit down and do it.
0: That's really great advice as well, right? Um, Looking at pulling in business coaches, doing vision boards, Um, looking at the future in that way. You talked about uh, estate planning uh, as a team sport. And when you were going through the legacy terms, you mentioned some of these key players that might be on this team. Who would you recommend be the base team of building um, your support team for looking at estate planning?
1: At minimum, you would require a lawyer who specializes in wills or estate and succession planning. Most often you're going to need your, you know, as a business owner, you'll need your accounting team or your accountant. Uh, You'll need your financial planner who maybe oversees your investments and your insurance person. And I think at least with that as a bare minimum to get started, uh, those are the inputs you'll need to be able to create a a well-developed plan. The other thing I recommend is you often work with these people all individually and separately because there's not usually a need to pull them all together. But when it comes to estate and succession planning, you want this to be a holistic approach. You need everyone to come together with their input to come up with the best plan for yourself. So if it's possible, I often recommend like view yourself as the captain of this team. And if you can, at the key, key points, bring people together so that you can have a conversation all in one. And that way you can address issues all at one time. Because I find in the past, you know my lawyer would talk to me and he'd say, "Oh well, you might want to talk to your accountant about this." so I'd crazily jot down notes and try to remember you know I have to ask about this rollover and that rollover, and then I'd get to my accountant and i wouldn't I couldn't even remember how to clearly say what my lawyer just told me, so I realized later on it's easier to pull them in together, mm-hmm. and sometimes they start talking with each other, and it doesn't it's very hard to understand what they're saying, but it's a much more effective way. To make sure that all your bases are covered. So a lawyer might, you know, he might have a liability, things that he wants to discuss with you, whereas an accountant might be talking about tax planning and being tax efficient. And so by allowing them to be in the same room or at least on the same call together, um, they can hack out issues that might affect one another without you having to be this go-between person when you can't effectively communicate these issues Mm -hmm. (laughs) amongst them. So I find that's a great way if you can get everyone together once in a while, or at least at once in this process to hash it out, that's very helpful. Right. Because you
0: speak the language about your business and they speak the language about the law, about the numbers. And so they know all of those languages. So pulling them together Mm -hmm. can be so helpful. And with that, I want to ask you about um, this idea about how to get the conversation started. So, you know, you were thrown into it when your father had his heart attack. And I don't know if it was an easy then to start talking about that or if you had to coax them into it because often if it does wait until that time... And you know, they're in the somebody's in the process of recovering from something devastating like that. They can go, oh, that's too much. I don't want to talk about that. It's too morbid. I'm coming back. I'll be better. You know, what was it like for you personally? And how do you recommend that people get started with that conversation when maybe somebody in the family, whether it's the 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 adult child or the actual business owning parent who is resistant to talking about it?
1: There's a quote by Warren Buffett that's really great. And, and it goes, Your children are going to read your will someday. It's crazy for them to read it for the first time after you're dead. You're not in a position to answer questions. And so I find often, you know, this is one where we have this amazing plan in place and we figure, well, we'll just put it in place and everyone can deal with it when I'm gone. But if you haven't taken the time to explain things, it can actually just cause chaos and tension and confusion. And I know every family is different. Um, in my family, we I'm always told you're so lucky your family's so open. They talk so openly about these things. And so I've been very fortunate that my family is that way. Um, And I have peers whose families just do not talk about these kinds of things. They don't share, you know, financial information with one another. And so my suggestion is that you can still have a conversation without Giving up all of the details. So, you can have a conversation around what you expect to happen with a business without necessarily having to share this is what the business is worth today. You can still talk to your children about are any of you interested in uh, carrying on with this business? Or is this something that we should work on preparing for a sale down the road? Um, so, you can have all these types of conversations. I, I find the thing is, it's just to dedicate, again, like the goals, you need to dedicate time to sit down and talk with individuals. And you need to be prepared and clear on what you want to share with them, but also be open to all of the questions they may have. And I think Warren Buffett's quote is great because often you might think, I meet a lot of people whose plan is, I have this business, Um, and when I ask, so after you, what's going to happen to the business. And they're like, Oh, what do you, you know, in their mind, they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm going to be here for the next little while. But after you, um, I often get, well, it's for my family. I'm building it for my family. So I'm going to give it to my kids. Um, and you know, sometimes their kids are still young. So my, my question then is, well, if something happened to you today, your kids are eight and 12. So clearly, I mean, that's not going to, they're not going to take over your business. But if you're giving them ownership, have you, do you have a plan in place for the management around that? And so this is where you can start opening up conversations. So sure, you might have a plan to leave it to your family. That's great. If they can't manage it at that time, do you have a plan A? If your children decide not to be active in your business, do you have a plan B? You know, so there's multiple scenarios that may play out over time because, you know, you can control your, your goals, but you can't control someone else's. So to have an expectation that you're going to just leave this with someone and this is going to become their, you know, their goal and they're going to want to take it to the next level, it's not very realistic. So I think often it just requires putting feelers out there and, and asking. And if your children do want to be involved, ask them to put skin in the game. Ask them to either, you know, I I started in my dad's business and I started from the bottom. And I remember for a long time, I got a lot of flack because I was his daughter. So, you know, they assumed favoritism when I felt like I was getting it worse than everyone else, because I felt like I had to work harder, not only to prove myself to my dad, but to all the people that worked in the company. So, you know, these are the things, these are the things where you can open up conversations just with really, really good questions about, you know, what are, you, you can ask your kids, what are your goals for the future? Yeah. With my son, I ask him and he's His goals are vastly different from the stuff I do today. So, you know, for me, it's at least I know that. And I know that as we grow this business, as much as I educate him about it and and tell him about what it is and what it does, he may not have any interest in, in overseeing any of the stuff we do today. So it's important for us to make sure it's something that we can build to sell. So, you know, these are kind of the things, the conversations you might want to have, and you can do it in a way that's not confrontational, I think.
0: Yeah. And I actually relate to you on that end. I actually worked at my father's business in my twenties as I was deciding which direction I was going to go career wise and decided I wasn't going to go into that field. And so it became something that was then off the table on that. But I remember working so hard, I even used a different last name just to kind of mask that (laughs) I was his daughter and still felt I needed to work. Work 10 times harder than everybody else. Uh, (laughs) And then, you know, there's families, though, like that, where the the person who owns a business, though, is so emotionally invested in their passion for their business and why they're doing it. And especially if it's the type of business that can be just transferred, right? It's something that maybe doesn't Mm -hmm. need a a degree or something like that, where somebody can just work in the business and learn it and, and transfer it. And they get so emotionally involved and thinking that, oh, my kids, of course they're going to want it. When there's conflict or even when there's conflict among the siblings, as far as who wants to be part of it or who thinks they should be part of it, how do you recommend them going about that? Do you ever recommend that they bring in somebody else like a business coach or even a therapist at times to help them manage what's going on with those conversations?
1: Absolutely. And I think you're. when you mentioned the mediator, one of the things my family did is, as I mentioned, we have a business coach we work with that helps grow the business, but we also asked her to participate in some of our family uh, estate planning meetings just as a mediator, uh, just as someone who could guide us through some steps. Because if you leave us alone in a room, it's chaos. You Mm -hmm. never know. I'll be talking about one thing. My brother's going to have a whole nother topic on the go and my dad will be telling us that we need to do this. So uh, it can be very confusing. And if you don't have sort of an agenda of what you're discussing, and maybe make sure that everyone has a fair chance to speak it can get it can get out of hand and often you leave frustrated because you might walk out feeling like you haven't accomplished anything and I think it gets more complicated when you have for instance so I work in the family business and my brother my brother doesn't my brother's also an entrepreneur he has his own business but he's never participated really uh full-time in the family business my husband also works in our family business with me and so you know there's that feeling of well we've dedicated our time and our life to growing this you're off doing your own thing but you're also benefiting from the work i'm doing so then you get all these emotions which yes. you know as you mentioned can be challenging to talk about so to have an extra uh, someone else there to guide everyone through this it helps it become much more of a business meeting and less of an emotional crazy, you know, fest of everyone just yelling at each other. So I find having someone there to guide you through a process is very, very helpful. And the other thing is, too, is just to begin thinking about it as transitioning wealth and not just a business, because I think, you know, as for founders, I think if you think of your business as a vehicle to create wealth what you might want to focus is on how to transition the wealth and not necessarily the business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are ways to do that by, by, for instance, just making sure that your business is built to sell, um, and that way, if someone in your family wants to take it on, fantastic. Maybe you sell it to them, and that way, they really are putting skin in the game. Or if you find no one else wants wants to do that within your family. It is something that you can sell when the time comes, even if it's unexpected, uh, because you've prepared the business this way and it allows your family then to benefit from the wealth and the next generation can continue to grow that in a way that's meaningful to them. Maybe they want to start a ping pong company or who knows, they might want to do something else, but if they could use their skills to be able to take it to the next level, why not pass on that wealth and let them continue to grow it? So you'll often see wealth move through families, not necessarily with the same business, but you'll see the wealth moving and different business structures or investment structures take it to the next level. So I think that's a useful thing to think about. And for me, one of the books I love is it's John Warlow. He wrote a book called Built to Sell. And it's really just things you can do as a business owner, regardless of whether you're planning to sell your business, that will allow your business to be valuable to a potential buyer down the road. And so resources like that, I think as a founder or a business owner, if you take that into account as you're building your business, Mm -hmm. it gives you so many more options down the road. Um, And again, whether it's planned or it's unexpected, at least you've built something that now is prepared. So I think that's quite helpful. Yes. Having those options sounds really helpful
0: in those those situations. I have one last question for you for those that are still on the fence about like, do I really need to do this? Like, I really think I'm healthy. I'm going to going to live forever. Uh, or my kids will take it over. We already know that they love us. They're going to take us over. And just because your kids don't want your business doesn't mean that they don't love you. And, um, (laughs) but what, what would you tell them to give them like one last motivating dash of energy to get them to do this? What will they benefit from by having this done?
1: What I would say is that if you think about the situation today, so for instance, this COVID 19 pandemic that's going on has a lot of people feeling quite helpless and frustrated and stressed out. Um, And I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I feel like I've lost control. I don't have control anymore. And so, you know, what I would suggest is estate planning by putting a plan in place, by taking the time to document what your wishes are, that's your way of maintaining control. That's your way of being proactive rather than reacting to what the circumstances are. Uh, Because if you take the time, it's just like a natural disaster. You don't prepare a natural disaster recovery plan in the middle of the disaster. Usually the plan is built long before uh, when your mind is clear, when, when you're not in the middle of chaos and turmoil. So I would suggest, you know, if you want your voice to matter, if you want to make a difference, and if you want to have an impact on the next generation, then these are the things that you need to do today while you can, while your mind is clear, while you can still have the time to communicate effectively with everybody around you. So that would be, that would be my thing. It's, this is how you take control of what you're building and how you make sure your legacy continues on for generations to come.
0: Very good. Thank you so much. And for those listening, we do have a special offering. Uh, I am going to give away one free copy of the book. So when this episode posts, go find my Instagram at Dr. Colleen Mullen, and you will see the audiogram post of this. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think of the episode. And I will reach out randomly to one of the commenters and send you a copy of this book and help you get started learning to successfully transfer your wealth to the the next generation. So Leslie, thank you so much for being with me on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast and let the audience know if they're looking for some advice from you, where can they find
1: you? Again, thank you so much for having me today. It was a pleasure to chat. And uh, most, I can be found at www.lesliequinsley.com links to purchase my book and to some of the resources I have are all on my webpage. So feel free to check it out and reach out if you've got any questions.
0: Wonderful. And we will also be adding the book to the Coaching Through Chaos Amazon bookshelf and where they can order the book through that as well. So thank you very much for being with me on the show today. Thank you. I really enjoyed my conversation with Leslie. I hope you did too. And if you were interested in getting a copy of her book, well, I have one for one of you for free. The first person who comments on my post on Instagram, I always post an audiogram that features the guest. Uh, when you see that post go up, you'll get a free copy of her book. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Colleen Mullen. Okay, coming up, we have people who spend their lives in the arts, in fitness, as a DJ, in the military, and others who have overcome the chaos they thought would take them out, but it didn't, and they are telling their story in order to help others survive the chaos too. I can't wait for you to hear their stories. Thanks for sticking with me. And speaking of sticking with me, I want to tell you all about what I've got going on over at Patreon. So at patreon.com slash coaching through chaos podcast, you can see all the ways that you can help support the show and what you get for your monthly contribution. But I'm really here to tell you about the second level, which is the chaos crushers contribution level. It's just $9 a month. And at that contribution level, you get three self-help audio recordings a month and whatever month you sign up you then have access to all the backlog of audio recordings. So it only launched October 1st and I want to tell you it's already up. So I must have been feeling the love this month when I was recording because they all have to do with relationships. Uh, so the first one is about how getting out of that bad relationship is a success not a failure and mistakes couples make in an argument, and the one thing you can do today to increase love in your relationship. Coming up for November, I've got a COVID check-in reflection with some tips on how to live your best life while working in a makeshift home office, and I'll also post a little video or some pictures of what I've just done to my own space, and a reframe on making tough decisions, and one more, but I haven't decided what it's going to be yet. And you can find a link to the Patreon page also on Instagram in my link tree in the bio. And that's the place where you can find the different links to all the things that I've got going on and ways that you can work with me or hire me to speak at your events and those kinds of things. So I'm looking forward to so much right now that is coming to you in the future episodes and over at Patreon. I love helping you conquer the chaos in your life. Thanks to my editor, Steve Cosio, over at Podcast Mansfield for making my life so much easier. And until next time, I want to leave you with one of my favorite chaos crushing little exercises. Each day, just take three minutes to step outside, breathe the fresh air, and find just one thing to be grateful for. I know you've got it in you, even when you're not feeling it. Okay, take care.